Hello. Welcome to 2121, the hashtag challenge series. It is November 19th, 2020, 4.48. And, uh, and, uh, how we doing today, folks? So... Uh, just trying to figure out why it says my phone is on, but I guess I'm not calling myself. Am I? Am I calling myself? Got the hands-free phone system going on. The display shows my phone number. I guess it is recording by the looks of it. So, we're off like a turtle hurdles. We're hands-free. We're on the ready to go in the go world. In the big world of things. So we're going to do a slight move here. I forgot my little phone holder charger thing. So today. Today. Hashtag is Pivot Thursday. And the thing is. I've missed a few days. Um, sort of been so busy that I. Also, I've been working in town and only a five-minute drive to work, so it's been uh, difficult to do, do a five-minute podcast. But we are off like a turd of hurdles, and we're going home. So, to catch up, we did miss out on a few days. Uh, I think it was Remembrance Day the last time, or the day before Remembrance Day. Um, I wanted to do a day off on Remembrance Day of the podcast, and then I kind of continued on after that. Um, There was Remembrance Day, there was Mirror, Mirror Wednesday, taking a look at yourself and how you reflect to the world um, and your business, how you reflect and how you look to the world. Take a closer look at that. We had rewire Thursday. So sometimes you got to rewire shit. Sometimes you got to not necessarily hack, but uh, hack the system, rewire, redistribute. You got to revamp. Uh, reverse engineer so just take a closer look at yourself Uh, on the weekend we had sanctuary Saturday Uh, just a day for me to be in my sanctuary for you to be in your sanctuary and take a little reprieve during this um, 42 day challenge and uh, hopefully you found your sanctuary had a nice peaceful day, a day to enjoy. My day wasn't really peaceful. The hot water heater in my house went on me on Friday night, and Saturday we played the hurry up and wait game for the um, Fortis gas and for the uh, gas guy to come back and put it 
do not use sticker on our things so we basically went without hot water for the weekend and that was great uh, definitely appreciate having hot water after that weekend so um, definitely grateful and lots of gratitude towards the fact that I do have hot water and I do live in Canada and I have access to heat and hot water and all those things uh, something we take for granted that's for sure and when it's actually gone you definitely notice I was lucky enough to have a shower before we realized the hot water was no longer and I I was the lucky one um, which was nice because it was the weekend and it would have sucked to be stinky all weekend, especially after working and painting and I get covered in paint. So there's that. And uh, so there was uh, Sanctuary Saturday and Sunday. What was Sunday? Fuck. I'm trying to think here. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Sunday was perfect uh, Nugent. Uh, and then Monday, we had, uh, Monday was, where Monday? Or what Monday? What Monday? That was right. What Monday? So that's basically the day to, uh, what you gonna do? What are you all about? So many things that start with the what. What's your business? What are you gonna do to accomplish it? What's your goals? Very much a Monday starting point kind of day. Uh, Tuesday was who and how Tuesday. Uh, so that's who are you going to sell your shit to, how are you going to get your product to market, all those sort of things for your business, crash course, entrepreneurial course. So, I mean, I'm just running over the small details and challenging you um, and the you part is you got to write all this stuff down, do your research, do your work, do your thing. So that's all on you. I mean, I'm just doing a minute video, but the uh, there's way more work to the than a minute. And it's just a brief synopsis of the challenge of this day. I'm tired. Um, so there was uh, Tuesday was who and how. And Wednesday was when Wednesday. So following up who and how and where or when, I mean, we have when Wednesday. So that's when are you going to be able to get your product to market? When am I going to publish my book? When will this be available? All the different whens that go along with business. You got to be able to deal with that. When shit happens, how are you going to react? And today is Pivot Thursday. So this is actually a very key day in the whole process of this thing because we are literally on the verge of the halfway point. 19 days in. We have uh, two more days to go for the halfway point. So a little pat on my back for making it this far and a little pat on your back for carrying along with me and celebrating this challenge and taking part. Um, so far I've had nobody listen, so that's great. Um, you can say you're wasting your time. And as a side note, uh, I thought of something the other day 
and it kind of pertains to today's Pivot Thursday um, in regards to uh, just a way to pivot in life. Um, and pivoting could be offense to defense or defense to offense or you see a punch comment and you pivot and turn and miss it or whatever. Uh, pivot points is super important um, in life. You got to life and in business. You got to know when to pivot and uh, recognize that um, to go on the offense or defense for the firefighter terms. You got to know when that burn building's going to burn up and to pull everybody out of there, um, get the fuck out of town, or to pivot and you can see that you have a chance to put the fire out and to rescue some people and to go on the offense. So in that regard, if you're a fire chief, if you're, if you're a firefighter and you're in the fire, it's hard to determine what the pivot point is because you're right in on top of the, on top of the game. But if you're a chief and you're standing back and taking a look at the whole picture, you can determine when to pivot to go on the offense and defense because you can see the whole picture. So I guess that would be my advice is make sure you take a step back so you can see the whole picture and your pivot point. And the analogy I came up with the other day, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh, Dory, where she says, keep on swimming, keep on swimming. Well, like, sometimes I like to tell double entendre jokes, which is like two jokes in one, and I'm pretty sarcastic, and I'm pretty uh, qualified at singing them through. Some people think I'm a fucking asshole, and uh, I tend to agree, but anyway. So... Uh, I came up with this thing the other day because going through this whole process, this documenting, the uh, challenges that present themselves daily, um, and also the documenting part, and I guess the views and the stats, uh, is um, for anybody else out there that's starting up like I am, Does this doesn't happen overnight gotten some excellent responses and a little bit of nudges here and there that have really made me um, thankful and appreciative and uh, super thankful for the feedback that I've gotten. It's been minor, but it's been potent in its consistency, as in I don't want to quit doing this. I really feel like I'm on the right path and I just have to keep plugging away. So with that said, um, I guess it depends on your perspective or how you want to look at things. I mean, uh, getting only like say 20 views on a video isn't huge, but that's still 20 people that have watched my stuff. So I'm super appreciative. I got a small crowd going on and I appreciate everybody that's in the crowd. I really do hope that you guys enjoy a bit more and whether it's 20 people a thousand people or a million people I plan on being myself and um, trying to help you guys with this 42 day challenge get get to your dreams or if you're already successful and got your stuff going on I hope it can help you revise and improve 
um, over the daily period. Uh, like I learned in firefighting, the goal is to get better every day. So even if you've been a fucking boss for the last 10 years, I still think it's possible to get better every day. So keep that in mind in the 42-day challenge series if you're like a boss. Boss. Uh, so back to the keep on swimming thing. So like I was trying to draw up this analogy. Like, you know, I really want some guests on my show. I've had a couple guests, some friends, um, some musicians, Eel Lyrics and Tyro James. And I've really, really, really enjoyed those nights. Um, and uh, super thankful for those guys to come on the show and have big, big balls and actually do this thing. So that's been fucking phenomenal. I cannot say thank you enough to those guys. And I really enjoyed the interviews, and I think we did a good job with it on top of it. Um, definitely amateur. This is definitely improv. All that sort of stuff. So... I guess in that regard, you could say those were some good swings and uh, some, some hits. I hit the ball and uh, like doing this friend zone thing before I started the public doobie time was a lot of fun. Trying to reach out to the friends and and be sociable and all that stuff and uh, it didn't go over super well. But I was also just on Facebook and. Since I started my page, I noticed how much Facebook only shares about 10% of, to my friends. So that's like, I literally deleted my page and I went off and I re-undeleted my page, I think, since the last one of my last podcasts. I just couldn't do it. And out of the respect to the friends that did like my page, I just couldn't, just couldn't quit. I just can't fucking quit. So when I say keep on swinging, keep on swinging, keep on swinging, it's a triple entendre. Uh, as in, like, the first one, I guess, is like a baseball analogy, where you keep on swinging until you hit the ball. I mean, obviously, in baseball, you get three strikes and you're out, but when you're learning how to play baseball and you're on the practice field, you swing that shit as much as possible. Um, you've got to learn how to hit the ball and to swing and a miss and swing and a miss and swing and a mess. And even after you learn how to hit the ball, guess what? You fucking still swing and miss. So it's definitely about perseverance. So in terms of the baseball analogy, that's what I'm saying. Keep on swinging. So that's the first of the triple entendre analogy. And then there's also keep on swinging, keep on swinging. As in, uh, I guess not having a guest on my show is definitely like a punch to the face, hypothetically. So, like, life keeps on swinging at you and punches you in the face and that sort of thing. Or in the punches you in the gut. Um, this Pivot Thursday was actually a super big punch in the gut to me, um, personally. It was a horrible day, found out some brutal news, and yeah, so I'll get to that later, um, but as I was saying with the swinging, keep on swinging, it's basically life keeps on swinging at you, 
So you got to learn how to take the punches. Just keep on swinging at me like, oh, take another punch. Okay, take another punch. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, just give it to me, life. Take another punch. So that's keep on swinging. And you're saying that to the world. Just keep on swinging. Give me what you got. Bring it. Fucking hit me as hard as you can. Because you know why? That'll give you thick skin. And you'll learn how to fucking go into the next level of the keep on swinging, which is my cocky fuck you attitude of keep on swinging, of like, haha, you missed me, keep on swinging, you can't hit me this time, oh no, try again, oh, you missed, oh, oh, so it's kind of learning how to pivot, so it's like the double, like you're either going to get hit or they're going to miss, and that's not even talking about swinging back at life in general. Which I guess this book and everything else is my my big swing, my fucking haymaker, my fucking jab, 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 right hook. So I'm just keeping on swinging in my attempts and I'm persevering and I'm just keeping on swinging um, like the baseball. And I believe that I'm going to hit the ball and it's going to be fucking fabulous. So on that note, uh, keep on swinging life. Like I've learned through the process of getting punched in the face a few times and trying to message people and celebrities and all this shit that's involved with this book and this mini mission of 42 days that I'm on where I've literally gone outside my comfort zone. I've reached out to people. I've done so much shit that's like, holy fuck, I can't believe I actually did that. Like I've reached out to the Belushi farm, uh, Jim Belushi from the Blues Brothers, I tried to get him on the show for for the Halloween show, and uh, Tom McDonald, I've sent him messages, and a few other celebrities actually, Seth Rogen, like I've, I've tucked my shots, and I missed, or whatever, I never got a response, so, you know, I could fucking bury my hand in the sand or I could just keep on swinging so that's definitely the pivot point in that so it's either the pivot point of getting punched in the face and learning how to counter and give them a combo or whatever life is a fight running a business is a fight just if you're like "Mm, I want to be an entrepreneur what you need to do is brace yourself for the biggest fight of your life because nobody else cares if you're successful and they just follow suit if you are and put you on a pedestal and they'll fucking rip it underneath your feet as fast as they can like it's a fight um running my own small business is a fight uh i wish i had more time in the day and that's partly why i'm doing this driving and making podcasts and spending my hours in the middle of the night working on shit writing and so much stuff like my wife hates me right now because I'm just a work fucking holic and trying to scale it back to less time spend more time with my family and find trying to find that balance but at the same time I'm so over the top motivated And I'm so driven to publish this book that it really is difficult for me to put life on pause and focus on the family and all that stuff when I'm just so 
over the top ambitious and over the top motivated and all these things that I've been working on all my life finally coming together and it's like I got five minutes to do it so it's fairly difficult um, and some of my stuff is like literally just I got five minutes okay I'm gonna make a post in five minutes and my videos are like one minute I tried to do the live stream drop tonight on my phone was glitching out and it said no so I found an alternative way on what Monday I think was the only day I was able to do this live stream or Sunday and then Monday was like what no so you just have to find a different way I just had to swing a different fucking club you know I wasn't playing baseball that day I was playing hockey I just had to put on the skates and try something different so keep on swinging Pivot Thursday. Um, so the first time I did this privately, I was feeling pretty good about myself after this many days. And uh, if you look at the way, the way I started this week, I went with the who, what, the where, the why, and the how. I wanted to jumble it up a bit and make it my own and unique. Um, who, what, where, when, and why, and how. It's a pretty classic thing. So I uh, made Who and How Tuesday. And uh, I was going with that. And then I decided, after listening to good podcasts, and I just felt like Pivot Thursday was appropriate because it catches you off guard. You expected where when, why, all those things, I bet you 99 cents that you expected what. I don't know which one you expected, but you expected me to continue the flow, I think. So pivot is also about catching you off guard, because life catches you off guard, and you got to be able to pivot, um, change your mind, all that stuff. It's essential. Um, essentially in learning your craft of fighting and your art of war, uh, business and in life. Um, uh, so, basically, yeah, I was feeling pretty good about myself and I had all this stuff going on. And I remember this day super well. Um, I decided I was finally going to write some stuff on paper, nonetheless, again. Um. And uh, that night, uh, Mars was actually closest to Earth that it will be until like 2035 or something like that. And that was the actual night. It would be the actual closest. And out on my back deck, I got a really beautiful shot of Mars. It like rises up over the mountains and I can see where it is. And it was just so big and bright and beautiful. And, uh, like, I swear this year, some of those nights looking out at Mars on the crystal clear nights, I could see how fucking red that planet was, just with the naked eye. Um, and it, Mars actually plays a pretty critical point in, uh, in the book, I guess you could say. I don't know if anybody's paying attention in the world of things, big things that are going on, but this guy named Elon Musk is, uh, 
spearheading a project towards sending everybody to Mars. There's the SpaceX program and all that stuff. So, I mean, I'd be a bit bullish if I tried to hide the fact that in the next 100 years, I think we will get to Mars. Um, That's a pretty easy prediction for me in my book. Um, So, I mean... Like, if you really look at it, like, 100 years and how much the world has developed in the last 100 years. I mean, it was 1937 when they deemed weed was illegal um, in the States. And hemp was made illegal because, obviously, it's too confusing that it's a male and a female. And one gets you high and one doesn't. But one is also super useful for making textiles and for so much stuff and is environmentally friendly but the families and the rich people decided nope we're gonna make it illegal and persecute people and it's gonna be racism and fucking all the other bullshit that was then that was 1937 hold the fucking phone it hasn't even been a hundred years since they pulled all that shit and guess what society is fighting back the world is fighting back and needs to have a restart, a refresh. So I think it's ironic that it hasn't even been a hundred years, honestly, and all these fucking laws that were put into place. I mean, it wasn't illegal before that. And I've been working on a theory about how um, a lot of our health problems and a lot of other things are because of an endocannabinoid endocannabinoid deficiency what that means is much like water we need to survive much like food we need to survive much like sleep we need to survive uh the way that i see it and if you really look into it archaeology type shit this weed has been around for fucking ever um the human body produces endocannabinoids in breast milk and is like if you really look into it like our body is literally built to receive endocannabinoids and i believe a lot of the problems in the world with people's health is strictly because of endocannabinoid deficiency and to go into it even more um I suffered and suffered a lot when I was a kid with stomach aches and stomach issues and eating and issues. Um, And I had ultrasounds and this and that and this and poked and prodded by doctors. So I am a little bit bitter that uh, the life is the way it is now and weed's becoming legal and recreational and all that shit and uh basically long story short i guess when i was about 20 21 22 um i was going through depression and having a hard time eating i was also trying to stop smoking weed and had some stuff going on in my life and basically i could chew all i wanted but I couldn't swallow my food. Um, it's just like really hard for me to actually swallow my food. Um, 
and basically the only thing that like and I went to a doctor and it was still pre-stigma stages for doctors so he thought I just wanted free drugs and this and that and it's like no I'm actually having issues here I uh, don't know why I can't eat like actually swallow my food I can chew and chew and chew but no swallow swallow and I mean eating is kind of fucking important really affects everything so this doctor just gave me the hogwash oh you're a drug addict you just want drugs and blah 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 and that's kind of all I left it at and uh, wouldn't give me a green card or any of that stuff and I like did the research read about how cannabis is good for your stomach and helping regulate your system and digesting and basically for myself I use it medically um, but I don't have a green card or anything like that but I have to smoke before I eat and I have to smoke after I eat smoke before I give eat gives me the munchies and I want to eat and it helps me swallow my food and do all that and then the the after toke so to speak is for the uh, digesting of my food and it helps me not get tummy aches and uh, it just helps me digest my food a lot better um, also during that time eating a lot of yogurt because of the enzymes helps break down the system basically how bad my stomach was when it was at its worst um, I had to do a test an x-ray and they were like yeah don't eat for 24 hours or whatever before the x-ray I mean I wasn't eating anyway so that wasn't a big deal for me um, and basically what happened is I maybe ate a slice of pizza two days before this thing my big exam and uh, my stomach was so fucked that when they went in for results they were like uh, okay we gotta do this test again because you cheated it's like what are you talking about I didn't cheat They're like no you have to have an empty stomach we can't diagnose you got food in your stomach and you obviously ate within the 24 hours I was like correction it was 48 hours before I ate anything and that's the problem what happened is my stomach had shrunk up into such a tiny ball of food and was not digesting my food so basically I'd eat something nothing was getting broken down and stimulated and going through the cycle that it should which caused me to feel full obviously because I got food in my tummy and then I was rejecting the food that I was trying to eat so it's just a vicious cycle it was not healthy um, and that's when I decided to uh, like go with the yogurt to smoke more weed and basically since then I'm like I'm a lifelong smoker like if I can't eat I am so grumpy and if I don't have weed, I can't eat, and I'm so grumpy. And if I try and eat, like in the morning and I haven't had a hoop, I fucking want to puke. Um, it, just, it just regulates my system 100%.
So if anybody's out there like, oh, this guy's just such a fucking pothead, well, no, actually, I like to eat. That's my problem. And I smoke a lot of weed, so what? Like, whatever. Get over it. Um, But you would, too, if the only way you could eat was if you had fucking smoke a doobie. And I know it sounds like a lot of excuses and this and that, hogwashy, but, you know, do the research and find out for yourself. Um, yogurt is, like, essential to that process because it kick-started all the enzymes. And I took some other pills and kind of got my system up and I had to eat slowly and expand my stomach and expand my stomach and I definitely go through waves where, like, I could be, like, a huge, huge eater and eat a shitload of food, um, and then I don't. Um, recently, I've been kind of broke, so I've been not eating lunch. I go throughout the whole day without eating until about 8 o'clock, and then I just fucking eat and eat, and I'm just ravenous. Can't get enough food, um, but that's also fucking me up a bit, because I can't, I just, I can feel it in my system that, like, I need to eat something during the day, um, so that definitely is a good starting point for my theory of endocannabinoid deficiency, and, uh, I recently saw this post about giving kids cannabis, medical cannabis, how it should be legal, and uh, I fucking 100% agree with that. And I'm actually kind of pissed off because, like I said, with my early childhood of dealing with, like, years of stomach aches and years of being poked and prodded by doctors and years of all this sort of doc- indoctrinated medical science that had no uh, care for the abilities and use of weed. I mean, it's been well studied and well developed and there's been around for millennia, millennia, and probably before fucking, I bet you the dinosaurs were eating weed. Uh, so, you know, when I really think about it, uh, it's kind of hogwash that it was made illegal in 1937 and especially under all the false pretenses of racism. I uh, recently wrote a comment on one of the cannabis pages, guys, about, uh, he's like, hemp has 50,000 uses and this and that, and hemp's so great. I was, like, reiterating 1937 is when they made it all legal. Like, and then what I did say was, can you imagine, now stick with me for this one, Can you imagine what the world would be like right now if cannabis and hemp wasn't made illegal for the profit mongers and for the racists and for that that time of of the world? Like, such a pivotal point in the Industrial Revolution. Uh, We're using, digging up fossil fuels. I mean, if you really boil it down to, like, with the CO2 and the climate change and all that shit those five fucking rich fucks could have destroyed this world so that's like if you think about the small percentage of people that have actually been alive in this world the small percentage of those 
power-hungry motherfuckers. Y'all know who you are. I don't care anymore. Uh, I know who you are. And all the children of the families from that era, I hope that you turn the page and give back some of your money because those families are... And like I said, you take how many people in the world have been alive together, like from the whole history of the world, billions and billions and billions of people, and say 10 people or 10 families decided to make weed illegal and uh, based on racism and all the hypocrisy and all that stuff, they could be... 0.0000001% of the total population of the world, but yet they're responsible for what's going on in today. Um, There is 50,000 uses for hemp, and you know what I mean? Like, this is definitely a pivot point for me in my conversations, and I, I was banging on the hemp wagon quite a lot, kind of rolled it back a bit but uh you know like can you imagine what the world would be like today if cannabis and hemp wasn't made illegal i mean the word canvas which was made for drawing or writing on a canvas paper was originally made with cannabis and that's where it derived. That's a fucking super old word. Like, just everything in general. Like, the renewable resource of it. Um, it's just like, can you imagine? And if you do hear this, I want you to write down a little blurb. I'm challenging you to imagine what the world would be like. I mean, there's so many X factors. Um, racism is something that probably will never be gone in this world no matter how many how much we try um i'm definitely trying to make this book and this everything that i'm doing worldwide welcome so i'm not racist towards anybody everybody's welcome Um, this is a world problem and in the big picture world that my book needs to read or my the world needs to read my book whether you like it or not. Some serious changes need to make make way in society, and I hope I can spur some of those changes. Um, as far as cannabis and everything, I will say this, 100% future-based. It won't even make it 100 years of being illegal. And if you compare that to how long cannabis was around previous to that like what people have been alive or recorded history what like at least at least like 50,000 years on the planet so I don't think I know of any where where weed or cannabis was illegal previous to 1937 so if you look at the big picture of thousands and thousands and thousands of years compared to the not even 1937 so that's 17 years away so that's uh 17 that's uh uh 
So it's been like 87 years or 83 years. So comparison to that of thousands and thousands and thousands of years of people using cannabis freely to make stuff and to do this and that, basically our history, our endocannabinoid system was designed. We were literally, people were literally designed, animals were literally designed with endocannabinoid receptors and it affects our health and our well-being. And um, I just think that it's fucking hogwash that it was made illegal, especially after suffering when I was a kid. Can you imagine in my boots if they were like, oh, here, you're having really bad stomach aches? Take a couple drops of CBD oil when this happens and we'll see how that affects you. And lo and behold, there goes my stomach aches. There, I wasn't poked and prodded by a bunch of fucking doctors wasn't fucking embarrassed in grade four when I had to go for an ultrasound, which in kids' eyes is an ultrasound. Isn't that when you're pregnant? Are you pregnant? You know, all that kind of stuff that I went through that I still remember and still affected me. Um, So if you notice that I'm like all four kids having access to weed and for medical reasons, Uh, hello, did you just listen to the story I told you? That's why. Because I was one of those kids that could have benefited. And I think it is super important to have access. Um, Epilepsy, (coughs) seizures, Charlotte's Web. I could go on and on. So, um, I think I'm going to fucking stop there, though. Because I missed out on one of the points I was trying to get to earlier. And like I said, everything was going good with this 21-day, 42-day project. Challenges. I was on the top of the world. I was staring out at the... Out at Mars. Looking out at Mars. And what a beautiful night it was. I started writing a letter. A super, like... It was a fucking uh, full moon. Um, Mars was super close and an equinox. And it was just like, what a fucking beautiful night. And everything was like, wow. And uh, that day it also, for whatever reason, I didn't want to go on Facebook. I knew I didn't want to go on Facebook. And I didn't go on Facebook all day. And anytime I did think about Facebook, I was like, nope, I'm not, I'm just not. I'm just, so, the day's going good, but I haven't been on Facebook all day. Uh, writing out my challenges, writing all this stuff. I was like in this fucking glorious moment or whatever. Uh, writing, and just in the zone. I was feeling it that night. And then, uh, I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break. And chill or whatever. Carry on a little bit later. And when I was taking my break. uh, My wife went on Facebook. And then she's like, oh my god. And I have a buddy that's actually, the last time I seen him, he looked close to death. And I 
and small part of me is like I've accepted that the possibility of him going he's just not in good shape the last time I seen him uh, I tried to help him but he didn't want help so the end game uh, you gotta want to help yourself don't come begging me to help for help if you're not willing to fucking sober up and clean up and get your shit together it's not easy believe me I've been there eight years clean asshole so uh, it's been difficult I haven't seen him since then and uh, so in my brain when Jess is like oh my god and I seen the look in her face I was like oh fuck it happened so I'm like just like okay she's like you gotta come sit down and talk to me and in my brain I'm like pretty good with vibes and stuff I knew somebody passed away preparing myself for her to tell me who it was that I expected who it was but it wasn't who I thought it was gonna be and uh, it was one of my super awesome friends from the fair um, I traveled with the fair a couple times, once when I was younger, and then I went back in, like, 2010, I think it was, I traveled with them again, and when I went back, there was some familiar faces, obviously, but there was a lot of new faces, and, uh, my buddy Gypsy was one of the first people that was like, hey, how are you doing? Uh, this is where we're going to be living. This is your bunkhouse, you know, welcoming to the crew. Just super, just super on the ball with being friendly and showing me around. And we hit it off right away and became pretty good friends over the very long seasons that we traveled together. Went on a lot of mandates. He hated eating alone and I was a bit of a loner. So we just kind of clicked and spent tons of time together and I don't really want to get into too much of the details of our friendship because that's private but it really did affect me in the hugest way um, it was always there for his friends always smiling always happy always just a genuine good person um, and even going through all the pictures after it was almost impossible to find a picture of him where he wasn't happy or smiling. And I know, like, after knowing him, being as close and personal with him, I know, like, deep down inside, he was hurting. And there was things that bugged him. But that was his personal, private stuff, so I'm not going to bring that shit up. I just want you to understand that he was still human. Like, he still had problems. Traveling on the road away from your family is not easy by any stretch. And, uh, so, I was totally caught off guard. Um, like I said, today, the day was just great. And then all of a sudden, this big pivot moment hits of finding out you lose your best friend from, from the road. And I... I just remember she told me, and I was like, okay, that sucks. And then I walked away. I went to go roll a joint, and then I just fucking broke down, bawling my face off. 
was just punched in the gut. And uh, that was a pretty big fucking swing from life, and it hurt. And uh, my heart goes out to everybody that he touched. Um, he's a special person and instead of the typical getting sorry for myself in the days following and even now and I've battled through a lot of depression and I've had some hard shit go on in my life and, but he was just one of those people that if he saw that I was down or not smiling he would always say I had the tiger and just like we competed against each other we pushed each other there was like oh i made a thousand dollars tonight what'd you make tonight oh i'm like just about at a g-note oh, okay fuck you. i'm gonna break a g-note yeah you can do it just like so encouraging and back and forth and banter and so competitive with each other and there was just so many levels of our friendship that i literally could not believe that she told me that he was gone and uh, obviously didn't get to make it to the funeral. I didn't get to say goodbye. Um, and it's, it's a bummer. Like, I, that actually really, really hurt that I couldn't make it to the funeral. Um, to say goodbye. So I guess maybe in a bit, this is my... Since it is, like, sort of an anniversary on the Pivot, Pivot Thursday when I found out not an anniversary, but finding out this is a bit of my eulogy towards him, um, my way of remembering him, and I want people to understand that when I say I had the tiger, it means that I'm probably pretty fucking depressed and don't want to do this, but the eye of the tiger is pushing me through, and I got Gypsy beside me, pushing me to be be the better man to just do it to call that person in to just to just motivated by just that character that he was um so definitely is a huge i mean i've a lot of met met a lot of people in my life and i've i had the luxury of meeting a lot of people and learning and listening to some pretty incredible people actually so, but I'd rank him at one of the top people that have, inst- have influenced me in my life. And super bummed out that he's gone. Like, super bummed out, crushed. So, in the big picture, uh, that really sucked. And since that happened, and basically continuing with the 42-day challenges... And continuing to challenge myself um, in my head, I could almost hear him. You can do this. You got this. Don't worry about me. You do your thing. You got this. You got this. Don't worry about it. Don't be depressed. Don't be bummed out. Just put a smile on your face. Like, come on, soldier. Like, <sighs> so. If you're wondering how the fuck I was able to just, like, move on and not show much remorse or loss or whatever, not 
be the typical bummed out fucking loser that when somebody passes away, you go into the depression and cocoon. I've lost a lot of people and I've had to deal with that a lot of loss. And I know I'm going to have to deal with it again. And it was definitely hard. But I just felt his energy pushing me through all this stuff. And even now, I'm not going to cry. I'm going to smile and remember him in a positive way. And I thank you, Gypsy, for being so awesome. And I always smile. Uh, perhaps I shouldn't have done this while I was driving because tears in the eyes are not good. So, uh, fuck. Um, regrouping a little bit here. Uh, and pivoting, which seems to be what I've been doing tonight on this podcast. I really hope somebody listens to this. Uh, I know I fucked up and it's not out there on Spotify and Apple and all that, but maybe one day it will be. Maybe one day this podcast will have fucking five million listens or whatever. Who knows? Because maybe somebody out there did lose somebody. I mean, this is 2020 pandemic. There's been lots of loss of life. Uh, So if you're out there and you've lost your uncle, you've lost your mom, your family, your best friend this year, I think we're all in the same boat. Um, And it really does make me grateful for what I have, the family I have, and all the people that are around me. And for this opportunity to keep on keeping on, um, keeping my head up and persevering not letting that loss get to me, so to speak. Um, Definitely tragic for his family. And I'm not super close to the family, so I'm definitely giving space. And I suck at reaching out, and I have super bad social anxiety disorders, so I don't think I will reach out to the family. Just because I just talked myself out of it. Um, And obviously if there wasn't a pandemic, there would have been no way in hell that I wouldn't have missed out on that funeral. So, um, life comes at you pretty hard. Even when you think things are fucking great. Um, This is the lesson in tonight's thing. Is like, you could be making a thousand dollars that night just ginning making tons of money, competing with your friends, this and that, and then fucking, there goes the carpet. So you got to know how to pivot and land on your feet, because, you know, I have taken loss and losses of friends and deeply affected me, deeply, uh, when I lost my buddy that I was also my roommate on Christmas Day. I dived into drugs. I was a fucking mess for fucking, I don't know how long. I went, dived into drugs like I couldn't do enough of all of them. Meth, fucking coke, fucking all of it. 
I fully tried to kill the pain. Uh, I couldn't deal with it. Christmas is still super fucking hard for me. Um, personally, last year was maybe one of the only good Christmases I've had. Um, and I learned the value of Santa Claus. And Santa Claus is real. It's the people that make him real. And, uh, you know, so like I'm trying to say, like I pivoted losing Gypsy in the right way that I learned from my mistakes and I mean it sucks I'm fucking hurting I'm crying right now talking about this Um, but in the big picture for me to go and dive into drugs again especially right now when I have a family that relies on me or to go into my depression funk that I've dealt with most of my life I have battled depression a lot in my life um, to go into those places like I said I just I could just hear gypsy willing me not to do that to just change don't don't let it get to you be happy be happy be grateful just all the things that The time that I got to spend with him, I just knew if he was there sitting with me and it was my mom that I lost or anybody else that I lost, those are the things that he would be saying. You've got your health. You've got your family. You've got this. Don't be sad. Be happy. And, uh just guy I always wanted to crack jokes and just be happy and make everybody around him happy and smile and that's a super important thing like those people are rare it's a rare breed and I hope that just me telling you this story of him even though you might not have gotten a chance to meet him or maybe you did know him maybe you're crying too um, I think this is the first other than finding out and falling my face off that night, this is the other first time I've actually shed some tears, um, and it feels good. Um, I love that man, and uh, that shit fucking hurt for real. And to pick up the pieces, so to speak, and continue on with this project that I'm on to just hear him willing me willing me to not let it get to me and to help other people and to be smile and just I I feel like I'm going in circles right now but it's super the message is super important especially with what's going on with this year and COVID pandemic stuff and like so much loss, so much flipped world on its head, you know, like, uh, I went into it with Howie Meeker a couple episodes ago, um, and that still is resonating through me, I think about it every day, I have things popping into my head from my childhood, every day since then, 
And overall, I can't believe how fucking lucky I was to have that man teach me how to skate, teach me how to pick myself up when I fall down, have a good attitude to play hockey the proper way. Um, and just how fucking lucky I was. Like, I didn't know it at the 